What's up, what's up, what's going on everybody? How y'all doing today? Welcome to Stunk Wrestling, this is Edgar. Man, what in God's green earth did we just witness today on AEW Dynamite? What the hell was that? I mean, shit. I'm speechless. I am speechless, man. I just don't understand how we just got done watching Collision. We just got done saying how great that was and, you know, how it has like a different feel. And then and then you go and watch AEW Dynamite and then it's like a completely different show. I want to know who's booking Collision, who's behind all of that in Collision, because it's kind of hard to believe that these two shows are both AEW. The difference between these two shows are insane. We saw some crazy shit today day and i'm gonna be honest with you i'm getting really really close to just saying fuck it and i'm not watching dynamite ever again and it's not just because of the blood and guts thing or the main event or you know whatever which we'll get into that also for many reasons but first please be sure to hit me up on my socials at snug wrestling on twitter tiktok instagram and youtube but let's get started with this aew dynamite this is blood and guts the show starts off with jungle boy and jungle boy's music creates some booze from the crowd and there were some people still kind of singing it some people were booing mostly people were booing not a whole lot of people were cheering for jungle boy for obvious reasons obviously jungle boy is a heel now and the music cuts off and the lights go out they show a vignette where jungle boy he's in the middle of the desert somewhere burying another grave and I say another because this is similar to another vignette that Jungle Boy did when he was feuding with Christian. But this time, Jungle Boy, he looked like he was burying someone that symbolized himself because they showed his old wrestling boots that Jungle Boy would wear. I think they're trying to say that Jungle Boy is no more and now he's he's Jack Perry. So Jungle Boy has grown and he's no longer a boy anymore and he's now just Jack Perry, which I think that's cool. I can get behind that. And then Jungle Boy shows up on the stage so jungle boy he has been having some issues trying to get in the arena he kept getting attacked by hook every single time jungle boy would get out of his car now he was able to make it back inside and he comes out to some classical music i guess i don't know what else to call it i'm not a music expert i mean good because you know there's other heels like jericho that People still sing their song, and Jungle Boy was one of those wrestlers that people would love to sing his song. Jungle Boy is a heel now, so it makes sense for him to have a song that people would not want to sing, and this song is perfect for that because it's a really annoying song the first match is going to be hook versus jungle boy for the ftw championship and people are behind hook again like the old days and i say like the old days because hook when he first started he had really good momentum and he had people behind him he had the fans behind him the fans would get excited to see hook whenever he would come out and have a match and somehow that kind of died down a little bit over time he started getting involved with jungle boy boy and these tag matches and hook had a match with like stokely hathaway i believe his name was and some of the feuds kind of 
set Hook back a little bit, and they kind of slowed down his momentum. Jungle Boy turned on Hook, which I don't really remember why Jungle Boy turned on Hook, but at least this is getting the people behind Hook again. And also, Jungle Boy, I like him more as a heel. I think that role fits him better. I think it's easier for Jungle Boy to be a heel. So I'm with this. I'm I'm liking this with Hook and Jungle Boy. And the match starts off and it's going pretty good. But I'm thinking like this is a grudge match, quote unquote, right? And if I know AEW, in which I do, I'm thinking already, okay, I'm going to give it another five minutes before someone takes out a table, either Hook or Jungle Boy or some type of weapon or something. Doesn't matter if it's the first match of the show. I would not be surprised if... They did something like that in this match, but luckily they didn't. Hook ends up hitting a very, very scary T-bone from the apron to the floor. The cameraman was standing a little bit too close to the apron and Jungle Boy ends up smacking the camera that the cameraman was holding with his foot. So that was a really close call. I mean, a step closer and Jungle Boy would have went crashing down on the cameraman and who knows how that could have ended. But luckily, nothing too crazy happened. But that was a really big, scary bump. Hook ends up pulling an ultimate warrior during this match and no sells a beautiful German suplex given by Jungle Boy and he just pops right back up and goes on the offense on Jungle Boy which was pretty unexpected especially after Jungle Boy had given Hook a DDT on the apron not too long before that. Jungle Boy low blows Hook behind the referee's back and ends up hitting Hook with the running elbow and gets a two count. So it's a false finish. It was a close call there for Hook. And the referee takes a bump. Hook goes for the pin on Jungle Boy, but there's no ref. I guess I should stop calling him Jungle Boy. Jack Perry now hits Hook with the belt and ends up winning the FTW championship from Hook. We have a new FTW champion and his name is Jack Perry. After the match, Taz kept making comments like, this isn't over, this isn't over. So the story will continue in some way, shape, or form here between Jack Perry and Hook. Alex Marvez is stalking Chris Jericho and Don Callis at a restaurant. So AEW is still trying to hype up this situation with Don Callis trying to recruit Chris Jericho to his family. And it looks like Don Callis and Chris Jericho are spending a lot of time together. So that's still going on. Cole and MJF, the bromance continues. They go out to eat Chinese food in Boston. Apparently, this is one of Max's greatest fears. And they accidentally get drunk. They're eating some spicy food. And MJF and Adam Cole ask for water. The waiter brings them about four cups, which... MJF and Adam Cole believed to be it was water and they chug almost the entire thing. Now, I know my alcohol, okay? And I don't care who you are. It doesn't matter how much you drink. But if you take sips that big of 100% alcohol, you are going to make faces one way or another. MJF and Adam Cole did not make a single face. They had no reaction other than, hmm, I know we're in Boston and the tap water is might not be that good, but this water is a little funny. What is this? 
The waiter says, this is 100% alcohol. This is not water. So MJF and Adam Cole get drunk accidentally. The skits from last week were comical, pretty goofy, but they were entertaining. It seems like this week, the skit was even more over the top compared to last week. So I'm afraid that these skits are just going to get worse and worse, goofier and goofier and more ridiculous as the weeks go on. Alex Marvez again. Apparently he gets a tip that Don Callis and Jericho are showing up at the arena. A white limo pulls up. Talk about perfect timing. And it just so happens to be Don Callis and Chris Jericho. Alex Marvez asks if they've made a decision yet. If Chris Jericho is going to join Don Callis. And the decision is you have a fat head according to Don Callis. So no decision has been made as of yet. Britt Baker has a match and this is a squash match versus Kayla Sparks. I haven't seen Britt Baker in a really long time. I believe she's been out of action due to injury. But she's back now and defeats her opponent in like 30 seconds. So this is a nice quick win for Britt Baker. It's good to see her back and she gets a good victory. Adam Cole and MJF have an interview. MJF has another gift for Adam Cole. And Adam Cole says, oh shit, well I got a gift for you too. And they gift each other matching gear. Adam Cole says, I have another gift for you, but it's a surprise. You're going to have to wait. So then MJF gets all excited. Adam Cole and MJF walk away from the screenshot. And then Roderick Strong shows up and he's trying to catch up to Adam Cole. And poor Roderick Strong, man, he looks like the jealous ex-girlfriend. And he's just so sad and lonely. Up next is the tag team match between Daniel Garcia and Sammy Guevara versus MJF and Adam Cole. And the surprise that Adam Cole had for MJF was they have the matching gear already. They had the matching trunks. They had the matching shirts. They had the matching jackets. What's what's left? The matching song. So MJF and Adam Cole have a matching song, which MJF loves, and he gets really excited over that. And this match is actually the final. I thought that the match from last week was going to be the final, but no, it's this one. And the winner from this match is actually going to go on to face FTR, the AEW World Tag Team Champions, who just had a great fucking match last week on Collision. I was willing to bet that MJF and Adam Cole were going to win this match, and they did. What I wasn't expecting was the way that they were going to start this fucking match. And this is one of the reasons why I said earlier, I'm about getting ready to just quit on Dynamite and just say, fuck it. Because AEW is making me really dislike MJF. And I never thought I would ever say that. But this shit right here that they did is unbelievable. And the fans loved it. And if you guys saw it, you know what I'm talking about. MJF challenged Sammy Guevara and Daniel Garcia to a dance-off. Now, Daniel Garcia, he is known to do his little goofy dance where he's thrusting his junk around at people and Daniel Garcia thinks he's so cool. But somehow, this little dance Daniel Garcia does got over with the crowd, so he just kept doing it. So much so that MJF started doing it back to Daniel Garcia. And MJF asked the crowd if they want to see a dance-off. And of course, the people are 
are all for this, of course. And even Tony Schiavone said, no, please, no, just just ring the bell, please. And I agree with Tony Schiavone because I, I don't want to see MJF dance. I don't want to see MJF be goofy. I want to see him be a badass heel and I want to see him fight and I want to see him wrestle and I want to see him kick some ass. But no, instead, let's put him in a tag team with Adam Cole and let's make him be a goof. MJF goes outside of the ring after starting a dance-off chant and goes over to one of the tables at ringside and there's some type of audio mixer out there where MJF just pushes a button and some ridiculous song starts playing. Is that really where they play the music from or just happen to have a, uh, a audio mixer out there just for this occasion? Danny Garcia and Sammy Guevara do this ridiculous dance which mjf and adam cole do their ridiculous dance and then after they get their little show done for the fans there then the match finally starts but after that i could not take this match seriously after that little dance off that they did i just i couldn't do it it took me completely out of it i was done with this match and i hate to say it because i love mjf i've been liking this adam cole and mjf story so far until now this is way too much for me this is way over the top i know mjf he's entertaining and and all that i mean years ago he did that thing with chris jerko where they did like a performance or sing-along or a duet but this right here man this is just i just can't believe that mjf would actually do this like whose idea was this i just i can't imagine mjf coming up with ideas like this and and not only that but they also got mjf doing tope suicidas adam cole the fans there they're all encouraging mjf to do it and mjf jumps through the ropes onto daniel garcia and sammy Guevara, who are outside of the ring and the crowd pop huge for a tope suicida that even chris jericho says that has been the loudest pop for a tope suicida since 1992 now i understand the whole point of this okay mjf he's trying to prove a point that he can get these simple moves over right so he started the body slam last week when mjf hit the body slam the people pop big for a body slam which people don't pop for body slams like that anymore nowadays especially the double clothesline thing they've been teasing the double clothesline for a few weeks now and they finally hit it on this match and the crowd popped big the same thing with the Tope Suicida. MJF has talked about beating people with headlock takeovers before, so I get it, okay? But still, man, like, uh, I just, I don't know, man. I hate to say it, but I hope that this is the tippy top of the iceberg, and I hope that they don't keep doing shit like this. Because if they do, I, I think it's going to ruin MJF unfortunately so adam cole and mjf they end up winning this match with the double clothesline garcia and sammy guevara are walking towards the ramp and jericho meets them on the stage but then sammy and garcia walk away from chris jericho so they don't seem too happy about this situation with don Callis either so AEW, they're really hyping up this don Callis and jericho potential alliance 
Adam Cole was holding the Triple B, MJF's AEW Championship belt, and MJF gets mad and pushes Adam Cole. So the tension there begins. People have been saying that MJF is going to turn on Adam Cole. MJF can be trusted. MJF always does this to all of his friends. I think it's going to be a swerve. I don't think MJF is going to be the one to turn this time. I truly, truly believe that Adam Cole eventually is going to be the one that turns on MJF. But before anything else happens, MJF says, it's okay, it's okay, it's on me. Gives Adam Cole a hug. When Adam Cole turns around, MJF's facial expression changes and he just starts mugging Adam Cole. Which the timing for this couldn't be any worse because now, right when they punched in their ticket to face FTR, for the AEW Tag Team Championships, they're going to have some issues. So then the AEW Tag Team Champions come out. FTR, they're in the house, and they have a face-off with their next competitors, Adam Cole and MJF. After the face-off, they play MJF's music, and Dax walks up to the camera and yells, Tony, next time play our song, We're the Champions. And I thought that was hilarious. Listen to Dax, because apparently you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Renee has an interview with Stantlander, the TBS Women's Champion, Orange Cassidy, the Best Friends, Darby, and Nick Wayne. I don't know what the point of having all these people in the interview was, but the end of the interview was Darby asking Orange Cassidy to give AR Fox a shot at the title. Which, of course, Orange Cassidy, he accepts. Ironically, I was watching The Wrestler today on Vice, and there was some video clips of AR Fox. AR Fox helped train Darby Allen, and Darby Allen said that also AR Fox gave him a place to live when Darby was homeless. And also, AR Fox helped train one of my favorite wrestlers, Austin Theory from WWE which I thought was really interesting. So next week, we're going to have AR Fox versus Orange Cassidy for the International Championship. And it's the top of the hour right now, and the cage for the main event is already slowly starting to come down. And I'm like, what the fuck? It's time for the main event already? So these guys are going to have an hour for this main event, for this blood and guts match, for this cage match that has the double ring out there. An hour. We just saw a tag team match that lasted one hour last week in collision which was fucking great it did not feel like an hour but this time we're gonna have a cage match with two rings and 10 guys going for an, a whole hour so i don't know if i'm mentally prepared for this especially after seeing that first hour of dynamite especially after seeing how dirty they're doing my boy mjf but i'm hoping that i can watch this match and i can get through it without seeing any broken bones or any fatalities or any casualties mind you i did not watch this live because i wanted to be able to fast forward through the stuff that like the picture in picture or like the commercials and stuff like that and i glad i did because this match even with me fast forwarding just felt like forever it will not end it will never end these guys did everything to each other like i literally thought they were trying to kill each other at one point and they just kept going and going and going but anyway, the rules of the match is two guys starts and they have a one-on-one -on -one for the first five minutes. After that five-minute round, one guy from each team is going to enter every three minutes. 
until all 10 men are in the ring, that's when the match officially starts. Meaning, if the first two guys tries to go for a pin or a submission and he gets their opponent to tap or he pins his opponent one two three the match will still continue there can't be any pinfalls there can't be any submissions until all 10 men are in the ring so the first two guys to start this match is kenny omega and claudio and they go for five minutes out next is pack which creates a two-on-one situation versus kenny omega after that is hangman So now we have a two-on-two, and I'm flying by this because, like I said, this match was so fucking long. It was an hour long. There was no way, like, there was so much shit happening throughout this match. There was no way I was going to be able to break everything down and go over everything in detail because it's, it's impossible. These guys, they were all over the place. So after Hangman comes out, John Moxley comes out to a big pop. Okay, so this is where shit is about to go crazy because everyone who knows Mox knows that that guy, he's got a couple loose screws up there. And just like I predicted, John Moxley comes in there and he has a screwdriver or a fork in hand. And he goes in there and he just starts stabbing people left and right, stabbing everyone in sight. He grabs a bucket and the bucket is filled with broken glass. So now they have forks. They have broken glass out there in the ring. And the first person to go through the glass is John Moxley, who put that glass out there in the first place. Then Claudio takes a bump on the glass. Then one of the Bucks takes a bump on the glass. And then Wheeler Yuta comes out next with a chair. And I'm thinking like, man, now this is for the love of the sport of wrestling. Matt Jackson is next after Wheeler Yuta. And by this point, John Moxley's already bleeding. And even Taz ends up laughing at that. Oh, look, John Moxley's bleeding. <laughs> and I'm looking at the clock. And after all of this shit, we had forks. We had broken glass. We had chairs. We had all kinds of shit. And we still got 30 minutes left. And I'm like, what the fuck? Up next is Takeshka. He brings in another chair. And then John Moxley reaches down from under the ring and pulls out a bed of nails what the fuck dude like okay so it's literally a board a flat board that has a thousand nails sticking out with the sharp end sticking up and john moxley is gonna throw this in the ring so people can fall on top of it now i hope this is a gimmick bed of nails but either way this shit is just ridiculous john moxley he places this bed of nails standing up on the corner and he shoots off kenny omega against the turnbuckle hitting the bed of nails and kenny omega crashes hard but he bounces off the bed of nails but since it was up against the ropes the bed of nails also bounced off with kenny omega ends up bouncing back on kenny omega's arm scraping his elbow on the way down which that looked fucking painful i don't give a fuck who you are i don't think that shit was supposed to happen And I thought that was it. Okay, Kenny Omega takes the bump on the bed of nails. Okay, that's it, right? It's over. The bed of nails is done. Get it out the ring. There's no need for it. But no, that bed of nails comes into play more later on in the match. Kota Ibushi, he's the last man to enter with a huge pop and Excalibur almost creams his pants. John Moxley is the next person to take a bump on the bed of nails. 
And then Yuda, Yuda starts going up to the top of the cage and he starts fighting with one of the bugs. But luckily he climbs down and nothing happens there. But the fans, even after seeing all of this shit, you know, you had people up there at the top of the cage. You had this bed of nails. You had bro, all kinds of shit. The fans still want tables. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, you guys still want tables after seeing all of this shit. God damn. And guess what, you guys? They got the tables. Pack puts one of the bucks through the tables with a double stomp. But I'm pretty sure not too long after that, the bucks... Or the guy that went through the table, he was okay. So there goes that table spot. Pac and Claudio, they have an argument. Pac gets the bolt cutters, cuts the lock chain that was keeping the door closed, and then walks out on the Blackpool Combat Club. After everything, after all of this, three members of the elite end up choking poor little defenseless Yuta out with a chain. So the elite got the win for this blood and gut match this year boy oh boy that shit was just insane to say the least i'm goddamn speechless right now i mean you gotta be a sick sick individual to enjoy something like this i think i still can't believe that i witnessed what i witnessed today but it is what it is. I tried to watch it, but I couldn't watch it in its entirety in one sitting. But I did my best, y'all. Let me know what you guys thought about this. Hit me up at Snug Wrestling. Thanks again for listening. That was Dynamite this week. And I'll be back again soon. So we'll talk later. Bye, guys.